Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Is live Mike with Lee Lonsberry from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Twelve thirty-six. Welcome to this Tuesday episode of Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, of course, and it's a pleasure to be here with you today. As I look out over my shoulder onto downtown Salt Lake City, uh, it looks nice. Uh, some clouds out there, 43 degrees, so I'm not as frustrated about not being able to uh, run and play outside today in the middle of a work day. Uh, but I'm sure w- when that temperature rises up again, I will be right there lamenting the fact that I am indoors. Anyway, uh, one thing that has been uh, making headlines over the past few days is uh, uh, a handful of recommendations coming from the, the CDC. Recommendations, that is. And uh, this morning... <laughs> This morning, recommendations or guidelines, if you will. This morning, as I was back and forth with uh, producer Robin talking about uh, the CDC guidelines and what uh, they are recommending we do uh, these days with the rollout of the vaccine. Uh, this line from a movie uh, came to mind. Send a text message if you recognize this. 57500 to the Utah Community Credit Union text line. The code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Joining me in studio is uh, KSL News Radio's Debbie Dejanovic. No idea. What you recognize that line? Not at all. Uh, pi- Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, uh, I to, didn't see that movie. Too, but yada. It's all right. Uh, if you get one of the earlier ones before that Depp character Johnny Depp starts to wear on you, it, it's pretty good <laughs> uh, when it's new and fresh. Uh, two big things coming from the CDC over the past few days. One of them has to do with the ability for uh, two or more fully vaccinated adults being able to uh, commingle with one another uh, without their masks. Mm-hmm. That That's great. Wonderful. Uh, but then uh, there's some... Commingle with one another. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> you mean talk to one another at oh, close sure. range? Okay. <laughs> you see, in talk radio, we try to... We try, <laughs> why use one word when five will do? <laughs> right. Okay. That's one guideline. Uh, and then air travel uh, yes. is the latest. And you on your program today discussed uh, air travel. What's the latest from the CDC? I'm disappointed. Uh, as somebody who's going to get vaccinated, first vaccines, first dose tomorrow, I was really looking forward to hopping on a plane. I give it at about five or 
six weeks between doses and then allowing the you know vaccine to really ramp up in my system that I thought I could hop a plane and head home and see my family in Arizona for the first time in more than a year and a half. You haven't seen you haven't seen family. In I haven't a, in seen a year mom and, and dad except for on FaceTime, which is really difficult. Cause Doesn't count. Mom, mom always has FaceTime up to the ceiling. You know oh, what I mean? You yeah. know that. Yeah. You know that as mom. I can't see. You. Um, <laughs> um, so I was really looking forward to that, and my sis and and her kids, um, and both of the, which have been vaccinated because my my niece is in the medical profession and my uh, nephew has been vaccinated as a college student. Super excited to see everybody or at least get a little closer to home. And the CDC really put a big dent in that. I mean, I'm not safe. I don't feel safe traveling like that unvaccinated. And now what they've told me is they don't know if I'm safe traveling vaccinated. So when am I going to be okay to to, to, to hop on an airplane. Yeah, exactly right. If you if you have received the vaccine, if you are, you know, as is described, fully vaccinated, which, you know, that means different things for the different type of vaccine you mm-hmm. get. Uh, but let's say you get through all, all the way through the, the two doses, you wait the two weeks or so after the second dose, you are a fully vaccinated adult. And w- what possibly is the reason to to restrict your movements? I don't know. I, I, I Well, the, the CDC, that's just me saying, I don't know why yeah. they would say. I do know what they did say, which is that that every time we have um, major amounts of travel, that we have a spin-up of COVID-19. Now, we do have variants, and they've talked about the variants catching hold and becoming kind of the dominant um, issue in the in the coming weeks ahead. And we yeah. do have spring break on the horizon. So my thought was, well, maybe that's sort of an, an underhanded way of saying, you know, mom and dad, don't let your kids go on you know mm-hmm. spring break trip a college spring break trip mm-hmm. um so but but for me what that means is what what do i do to make plans for summer and when will it be safe i'm looking forward to finally getting out of my backyard lee yeah yeah the the one question that i have asked every single policymaker and bosses here in the building and elected officials up on utah's capitol hill and beyond my question is all at the schools you ask what are the objective benchmarks what are the uh, what are the metrics that we are following when we get to uh, x number what then happens and when can we what do they quantify- say about air travel that's the thing. We are in another scenario in which it is, oh, well, well, we continue to learn, and as more information pours in, we will look at it in full context and make decisions and recommendations to that point. You, you can't live like that. You can't tell yourself that there is a light at the end of the tunnel if you can't measure the distance between here and that light. Actual trains know exactly how far they are from that tunnel and from the exit and from the light at the end. Uh, you and I should be able to get measurable, objective uh, benchmarks to make to and pe- hit, and as we get there, we should be normal. And I'm not sure if again you pointed out the very uh, top of this discussion. These are guidelines or recommendations. When you look at the number of folks who have hopped on airplanes in just the last uh, few days since Thursday, 4.5 million people uh, in America through TSA. I'm not certain that everybody is saying like, oh, look, the CDC is saying and recommending, so I won't hop on an airplane. Uh, but for those of us who haven't been on a flight, me, uh, for a year and a half, I want to be as cautious as possible before I, I board. And, and I, I guess where I need some clarity is, is that because they're concerned that I could still be a carrier of the virus and then I could breathe it onto somebody else, um, that I'm okay because I'm vaccinated, so I'm protected. Uh, and, and again, 
you know me well enough, Lee, that I have, I love road trips. I have put thousands and thousands of miles on my car in the last year going to, you know, Colorado National Monument. I went up to Glacier and back. I mean, I've been to St. George countless times, Mesquite to golf. You name it, I'll go. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm ready to hop on board a plane. And I know the airline industry as well has been pushing back on this recommendation. Yeah, th- th- this is the thing where it's, you wonder how much communication there had been between the CDC before making these announcements and the airlines. We have heard from the CEO of Delta a number of times plus other major airlines saying uh hey listen if you want to do the contact tracing you're not going to find much transmission in uh, on our our aircraft we understand the requirements for masks we right. enforce them heavily yes. uh, there have been how many headlines of passengers delta. removed yes. from aircraft for not respecting the, the, the rules do not we have fly in place. list on delta and then if you want to get sciencey about it the recirculation of air you're breathing fresher air on those aircraft than uh, you know are sometimes uh camped out at your cubicle but have you been on a flight I have not since the pandemic hit. Because what I don't know that I'm okay with yet is this. Do they have to put somebody in the middle seat? I'm. Can we just kind of ease back into it? Because I'm really liking the idea of having a little more space for a while between me and the person sitting next to me. What do, what do we know so far? There are a handful of airlines that are continuing that practice of leaving the middle seat empty. I know some have... Uh, decided to, in the interest of, of business and filling seats again, obviously uh, been selling them. But uh, I, I mean, maybe I'm irresponsible for saying that, but I'd sit next to someone. Oh. Well, you know I'd what's also it. nice about that is you don't, you can pretend like you don't hear them when yeah. they're trying to talk your ear off during oh the gosh. entire flight. Oh my gosh, we could do a whole segment on <laughs> on airline conversations. I think it's going to be a minute. Welcome to unwelcome. I, th- I think my first trip home yeah. will be a road trip. Okay. Will be a road trip. It'll be sometime in April or May uh, to see mom and dad and my sister. Uh, but for now, I'm going to hold off until uh, the recommendations are. Yeah, hop on hop on board the plane. You uh, you mentioned at the onset of this segment that you are knocking on vaccines door. Uh, how do you feel? I'm so excited. And you know what? I felt last night as I was thinking through this. I felt grateful. Yeah. I felt an overwhelming sense of gratitude that we have. Um, Three, three excellent choices for vaccines. The immune, you know, the immunity levels are way past what we thought they were going to be. We were hoping for fifty percent back then, yeah. And now yeah, right. we're knocking on ninety-five percent. Even Johnson Johnson, which is a little less effective, is still a very, very good option sure. and gives people seventy percent effectiveness. And it's one dose. So I just thought about you know where we were a year ago compared to where we are today, and how my summer feels so much more normal than it did last year you can't help i can't help but feel grateful three o'clock tomorrow afternoon i'll be on my way to get my first oh my gosh my first dose congratulations and then then i don't know if i'm getting pfizer or moderna um but i'm telling you it could be any of those three and i would just be happy you you do know that you're getting you do know that you're getting a two dose Uh, share that share that with folks you when uh, i signed up through the davis county uh website i don't know what it's like for everyone else but for davis county when i signed up now you can go across the borders right i live in salt lake county but i went to davis county they sent me a confirmation uh and they sent me two separate faqs two fact sheets one for pfizer one for moderna a friend of mine went yesterday to davis county he got Pfizer, okay. uh, and then he texted me and said, I got Pfizer. So I don't know if I'm going to get Pfizer or Moderna, 
but I'll be sure to make sure you're the first to know. All right. But if you sign if you sign up in Davis County, at least according to your yeah. experience, you'll know at least if you're getting one of the two-dosed versions uh, or maybe there's some other communication to, to indicate yeah. potentially a one-dose. Yeah. Uh, I very was impressed cool. by that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm excited. Absolutely. I, and Information I, in, this, in this whole era is incredibly valuable. Anything that we can hang our hat on and point to as objective, and that is a fact, has been so refreshing. But you know what? If they would have sent me anything, I would have said, oh, I yeah. don't care what it is. Good. I'll be there uh, March 10th at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. That's the right attitude. There's no there's no vaccine better than another. Any vaccine is a good vaccine. When do you get it? Uh, I got to wait for my, I got to wait for. What you're saying is you're so much younger I'm than just, I am. I'm just young and healthy and, uh, you know, I'll get it next year sometime. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, I'll let listen, you know how it goes. We've gone way over time, but I so enjoy uh, these conversations with you, Debbie. Congratulations tomorrow. Look forward to Thanks, uh, hearing your uh, experience and learning from uh, uh, what you what you get. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, uh, there are some etiquette questions regarding masks, like uh, at the gym, in the grocery store, and how about on the hiking trail? Uh, I do a lot of jogging out there, and sometimes I get squirrely looks without <laughs> when I am without a mask. Uh, how about you? We'll talk about it next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Hansberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back. 12.52 is the time. You're listening to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. Uh, in that first segment there, I had a great conversation with KSL News Radio's Debbie Dejanovic on uh, Dave and Dejanovic. They this morning covered some of the new recommendations coming from the CDC, specifically regarding air travel. I, I, I caught my attention because immediately paired with that announcement, as you read through the coverage uh, across the country, you hear from, of course, and naturally, understandably, the leaders, the heads of the various airlines who say, whoa, 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 hold, hold on one second. Hold on one second. We've been at this COVID game for uh, over a year now, or is it like a year today? Is that what we're celebrating? Uh, the COVID anniversary? covid anniversary. Yeah, the airline leaders say, hold on a second. We have been working really hard to make sure that our our form of transportation is a safe one. How many how many headlines have we read of passengers being taken off of flights due to uh, their refusal to wear a mask, a requirement to travel on an aircraft right now? How much have we heard from airlines like Delta that are extending the period of time in which they will be leaving the middle seat empty? Which, as you know, if you remember from traveling before COVID struck, is like a godsend. When you uh, <laughs> imagine, remember this scenario: you you board the plane, uh, you head back. Maybe you've got a window or an aisle seat. You sit down, and if you are in one of the you know earlier groups to board, you wait. And every single person uh, you see board, you say, "Oh, I hope they, I hope that, I hope they don't sit next to me. I hope they don't sit next to me." And you have maybe your carry-on bag sitting in that middle seat, hoping that you won't need to move it. And, uh, oh, my gosh. And, and always, listen, 99% of the time, someone's going to sit down there next to you. And you're going to have to pick up your bag and either shove it on the seat in front of you or up in the overhead bin. Uh, but how about that one time out of 100 when all those folks climb on board, they head to their seats, and when they close that cabin door and you look down next to you and your bag is still sitting on that empty seat, <laughs> maybe you look on over to the uh, the other person. If you're in the aisle, you look over to the window seat occupant and you give each other this little nod that says, look at us, we each got half a seat of extra space. It's like Christmas. <laughs> well, Christmas comes all the time now on Delta flights and on others as well as that airline decides to uh, extend the period of time with a middle empty seat. 
And yet, and yet, the mask requirements, the added space between passengers, the uh, the fact that air circulates in a way that uh, it leaves you with a fresh cabin the whole flight. The recommendation is uh, from the CDC that we, even if vaccinated, refrain from air travel. It feels, uh, it fe- man, listen, I'm no scientist. I have put my faith in those who are. I am uh, very supportive of the vaccine. I'll be getting one as soon as I'm eligible, and I encourage you to do the same. I, uh, in, in my hand right now is a mask I took off as I sat down here at the, at the microphone. When I'm done and on the commercials, I'll throw it back on to move around the newsroom. I, I am on board with the science here. But I just don't understand. I don't understand uh, the, these calls to uh, restrain yourself vaccinated from the uh, from air travel. Anyway, uh, sorry for that rant. What I want to talk to you right now about has to do with a little bit of etiquette that you and I have come to learn. And it is uh, specifically hiking. Well, you know what? Let's back up a second. No matter how you feel about masks, there are places we expect to see pretty much everyone wearing one. That's the grocery stores, uh, restaurants, public transportation. But there are some areas where, you know what? We're outside. The wind is blowing. We're pretty much by ourselves. I'm talking about hiking and mountain biking or if you're at the park. Uh, what What's expected? When is it still okay uh, to be without your mask? And, uh, and how about when it becomes just a bit awkward? Uh, let's walk through what some of the experts have to say, and then I'll share one of my experiences in a moment. Experts uh, are split on if masks are needed outdoors, but they do agree uh, that, well, it's worthy of discussion, to say the least. Uh, Dr. Arvind Kumar, founder of the Lung Care Foundation, uh, recommends that you shouldn't do anything that would restrict airflow while you're exercising. When you are running, jogging, or doing any activity which actually increases your respiratory rate, your body air requirement because of increased oxygen requirement goes up several times and you need to inhale that much more air to deliver the required oxygen to the body. And if by any... All right, so I bring this up just to point out that if you're outside and you are exerting yourself and if there is plenty of space between you and others... Uh, maybe, maybe it's okay to uh, be maskless, right? You you exercise the social distancing. You are in no proximity to others. And if there are others out there and they have differing views on this, I'm sure that you, uh, like me when I'm out trail running, you give a wide berth, right? You, you step to the side and oftentimes, listen, again, 99 times out of 100, the person coming your way is going to move to the side and uh, there'll be some distance there, a safe uh, six foot plus distance and all is well. Uh, but every once in a while, every once in a while, as you may have observed yourself, uh, the, you get a nasty look, you get, uh, you get someone saying, where's your mask? You should be wearing a mask or a guffaw, if nothing else. Anyway, I'm very much looking forward to a day where that's not the case. I've uh, adjusted my my running habits so that uh, more so I'm running late at night uh, when there is you know less opportunity to cross paths with folks, just so I can uh, you know keep folks comfortable and uh, not breach any etiquette uh, as we still continue to establish the etiquette. Anyway, uh, we're going to take a break right now. When we return, I'll be joined by uh, Greg Scordis. Uh, you know him well. We're going to talk about what it takes to select a jury. How are juries assembled? He'll give us details next on Live Mike. 
two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.